The great Athenian hero was Theseus. He had so many adventures and took part in so many great enterprises that there grew up a saying in ancient Athens, nothing without Theseus. He was the son of the Athenian king Aegeus. He spent his youth, however, in his mother's home, a city in southern Greece. Aegeus went back to Athens before the child was born, but first he placed in a hollow a sword and a pair of shoes and covered them with a great stone. He did this with the knowledge of his wife and told her that whenever the boy, if it was a boy, grew strong enough to roll away the stone and get the things beneath it, she could send him to Athens to claim him as his father. The child was a boy, and he grew up strong far beyond the others, so that when his mother finally took him to the stone, he lifted it with no trouble at all. She told him that the time had come for him to seek his father, and a ship was placed at his disposal by his grandfather. But Theseus refused to go by water, because the voyage was safe and easy. His idea was to become a great hero as quickly as possible, and easy safety was certainly not the way to do that. Hercules, who was the most magnificent of all the heroes of ancient Greece, was always in his mind and the, and the determination to be just as magnificent himself. This was quite natural since the two were cousins. He steadfastly refused, therefore, the ship his mother and grandfather urged on him, telling them that to sail on it would be a contemptible flight from danger, and he set forth to go to Athens by land. The journey was long and very hazardous because of the bandits that beset the road. He killed them all, however. (laughs) He left not one alive to trouble future travelers. His idea of dealing justice was simple but effective. What each had done to others, Theseus did to him. Siren, for example, who had made those he captured kneel to wash his feet and then kicked them down into the sea, Theseus hurled over a precipice. Sinus, who killed people by fastening them to two pine trees bent down to the ground and letting the trees go, died in that way himself. Procrustes was placed upon the iron bed, which he used for his victims, tying them to it and then making the right length for it by stretching those who were too short and cutting off as much as was necessary from those who were too long. The story does not say which of the two methods was used in his case, but there was not much to choose between them, and in one way or another, Procrustes' career ended. It can be imagined how Greece rang with the praises of the young man who had cleared the land of these banes to travelers. When he reached Athens, he was acknowledged a hero, and he was invited to a banquet by the king, who of course was unaware that Theseus was his son. In fact, he was afraid of the young man's great popularity, thinking that he might win the people over to make him king, and he invited him with the idea of poisoning him. The plan was not his, but Medea's, the heroine of the quest of the Golden Fleece, who knew through her sorcery who Theseus was. She had fled to Athens when she left Corinth in her winged car, and she had acquired great influence over Aegeus, which she, had not, she did not want disturbed by the appearance of a son. But as she handed him the poison cup, Theseus, wishing to make himself known at once to his father, drew his sword. The king instantly recognized it and dashed the cup to the ground. Medea escaped, as she always did, and safely got away to Asia.
Aegeus then proclaimed to the country that Theseus was his son and heir. The new heir apparent soon had an opportunity to endear himself to the Athenians. Years before his arrival in Athens, a terrible misfortune had happened to the city. Minos, the powerful ruler of Crete, had lost his only son, Androgeus, while the young man was visiting the Athenian king. King Aegeus had done what no host should do. He had sent his guest on an expedition full of peril to kill a dangerous bull. Instead, the bull had killed the youth, and Minos invaded the country, captured Athens, and declared that he would raise it to the ground unless every nine years the people sent him a tribute of seven maidens and seven youths. A horrible fate awaited these young creatures. When they reached Crete, they were given to the Minotaur to devour. The Minotaur was a monster, half bull, half human, the offspring of Minos's wife, Pasiphae, and a wonderfully beautiful bull. Poseidon had given this bull to Minos in order that he uh, should sacrifice it to him, but Minos could not bear slay it and had kept it for himself. To punish him, Poseidon had made Pasiphae fall madly in love with it. When the Minotaur was born, Minos did not kill him. He had Diadolus, a great architect and inventor, construct a place of confinement for him uh, from which escape was impossible. Diadolus built the labyrinth, famous throughout the world. Once inside, one would go endlessly along its twisting paths without ever finding the exit. To this place, the young Athenians were each taken and left to the Minotaur. There was no possible way to escape. In whatever direction they ran, they might be running straight to the monster. If they stood still, he might at any moment emerge from the maze. Such was the doom which awaited fourteen youths and maidens a few days after Theseus reached Athens. The time had come for the next installment of the tribute. At once, Theseus came forward and offered to be one of the victims. All loved him for his goodness and admired him for his nobility, but they had no idea he intended to try to kill the monster, the Minotaur. He told his father, however, and promised him that if he succeeded, he would have the black sail which the ship with its cargo of misery always carried changed to a white one so that Aegeus could know long before it came to land that his son was safe. When the young victims arrived in Crete, they were paraded before the inhabitants on their way to the labyrinth. Minos's daughter Ariadne was among the spectators, and she fell in love with Theseus at first sight as he marched past her. She sent for Diadolus and told him he must show her a way to get out of the labyrinth, and she sent for Theseus and told him she would bring about his escape if he would promise to take her back to Athens and marry her. As may be imagined, he made no difficulty about that, and she gave him the clue she had got from Diadolus, a ball of thread, which he was to fasten at one end to the inside of the door and unwind as he went on. This he did, and certain that he could retrace his steps whenever he chose, he walked boldly into the maze looking for the Minotaur. He came upon him, asleep, and fell upon him, pinning him to the ground, and with his fist... He had no other weapon. He battered the monster to death. As an oak tree falls on the hillside, crushing all that lies beneath, so Theseus, he presses out the life, the brute savage life, and now it lies dead. Only the head sways slowly, but the horns are useless now. When Theseus lifted himself up from that terrific struggle, the ball of thread lay where he had dropped it. 
and with it in his hands, the way out was clear. The others followed, and taking Ariadne with them, they fled to the ship and over the sea toward Athens. On the way there, they put in at the island of Naxos, and what happened then is differently reported. One story says that Theseus deserted Ariadne. She was asleep, and he sailed away without her. But Dionysus found her and comforted her. The other story is much more favorable to Theseus. She was extremely seasick, and he sent her ashore to recover while he returned to the ship to do some necessary work. A violent wind carried him out to sea and kept him there a long time. On his return, he found that Ariadne had died, and he was deeply afflicted. Both stories agree that when they drew near to Athens, he forgot to hoist the white sail. Either his joy at the success of his voyage put every other thought out of his head, or his grief for Ariadne. The black sail was seen by his father, King Aegeus, from the Acropolis, where for days he had watched the sea with straining eyes. It was to him the sign of his son's death, and he threw himself down from a rocky height into the sea and was killed. The sea into which he fell was called the Aegean ever after. So Theseus became king of Athens, a most wise and disinterested king. He declared to the people that he did not wish to rule over them. He wanted a people's government where all would be equal. He resigned his royal power and organized a commonwealth, building a council hall where the citizens should gather and vote.